roasting. We've established that. Mm-hmm. I'm already ready for October. All right, what have you been watching? Uh, a bunch of random shit, actually. Same. I started The Staircase on HBO with our with our friend Tony Collette. Yep, me too. Watch all the documentaries, all the shit on the 30 episodes of the original Staircase. Now they had to make a movie about it. They've really not given me anything that I didn't already know. So I don't see have the you, point of that. How many episodes have you watched? Because the fourth one just came out. I haven't watched the fourth one yet. I didn't watch me it because it came out like, like last night and yeah. I haven't been home. But yeah, I've watched the first three. The only thing I can say is it's obviously a dummy or like a silicone thing they did of Tony Collette's face and then made into a dummy for like when she's supposed to be Kathleen and she's supposed to be dead. Because that thing is mm-hmm. fucking horrifying. <laughs> horrifying. With its mouth wide open and it just like kind of jiggles when it goes, oh, oh, oh my God, it's so bad. It, I, I had like nightmares. I... I don't know it really much about Kathleen Peterson, even after watching all million episodes of The Staircase, so I don't know if this is an accurate depiction, but I'm kind of, like, offended by how much of a lush they're making her out to be. Like, did she really just always have a cocktail in her hand? I don't know. I've heard, but I've heard that before. I swear, like, that was the angle they were going with before, is that she was drunk. That's why she fell down the stairs, and they're like, uh, I don't know. And then I don't... I think it was really, really unnecessary to show him eating her ass. I really, really, really think it was. Oh, my God. Episode three, like, my delicate sensitivities were engaged. I was like, oh, oh, my, oh, oh, dear. Oh, gosh. Oh, what are they doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, I could have gone my whole life without that. Like, I love me some Colin Firth, and I love Tony Collette, but I was like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. No, thank you, ma'am. I was like, you're in the kitchen. <laughs> Let's not it. do that anywhere, let alone the kitchen. People are going to eat right there soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. He was eating right there, and it was gross. I'm not kink shaming. I'm just kink asking. Yeah, like, yeah it's just not my thing. I don't get it. So, yeah, I've been watching that. I've been watching Candy on Hulu with Jessica mm-hmm. Biel, which I was obsessed with this case when I was younger because there was originally a movie um, with Barbara Hershey and Ryan Dennehy I think was in it when I was little I think my mom must have watched it It was like a mini series it was like there was two different movies it was like the before and like Hmm. the after or something it's a very it's like a fascinating case so it's got Jessica Mm -hmm. Biel in it and I don't care who you are Jessica Biel is working that short perm like I think (laughs) people are gonna go out and get that look because she looks good in it it's all right. It's interesting. Um, there's another version of the exact same story coming out on HBO Max with Elizabeth Olsen as Candy. So I don't know. We'll see which one holds up better. And I don't know why, but I watched Bad Vegan, the documentary on Netflix. I don't know if it was a movie. I think it was several episodes. It was long, but it was fascinating. So I watched that. And it's just another one of those... It's very tender swindler. Mm-hmm. Like, these women believe this dude, and he's just stealing from one to pay off. The, it's just dumb. I need to know how they do this racket so I can do it. Because <laughs> this guy, millions of dollars. These guys, like, swindle people out of millions of dollars. And the only th- other one that I've watched that I really, actually, really, really enjoyed is the Spring Awakening reunion concert. Oh. It's on HBO Max. That musical is amazing. And it's all music by Duncan Sheik, which is... What is it? I am, ba- I he am sings barely, that I am barely breathing. breathing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He did all the music for this. It's back in like the early 2000s. 
And its original cast was Jonathan Groff, Leah Michelle, Skylar Austin, or whatever his name is from Pitch Perfect. And there's a whole bunch of them, like super famous people. I had no idea to get their start in that. They were like teenagers, like 13 to 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did live action sex on stage. Yeah in this show. Did you hear Leah Michelle let Jonathan Groff inspect her vagina labia region for... With a desk lamp. Yeah. With mm-hmm. a whole desk lamp. For yeah. educational because purposes, she, of course. Yeah, because she was in love with him. I mean, like they mm-hmm. were like as thick as thieves, like best friends because they had to have sex on stage every night. He had never come out and she's like, why won't you love me? Why won't you love me? And then she kind of realized, oh, because you're gay. So... Let me come up with a way to still show you my lady bits yeah well he's like i've never seen it she's like hold on take this flashlight and show it to you i don't know i mean they won so many tonys that year for like this little show that was off broadway and then it went to broadway and just exploded i love anything that gives me any kind of like backstage stuff into a musical that's my jam so i enjoyed it what have you been watching Let's see. I have been watching The Staircase Thing. I have been watching Three Mile Island, the docu-series, what do they call it? Limited series on Netflix. That has been interesting. Tweet and I finished it last night. Watching it with him has been really brutal for me because he works in nuclear power generation. And it's like every three seconds he's like, this is total bullshit. What are they even talking about? Who is this guy? There has to be more to this story. I mean, just I'd be like, honey, can we just watch it? And just like, shut up. Like, haha, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed now. I mean, it's my idea to watch it. So fail, Kelly. Anyway, then today I watched Our Father, which... Oh, I want to watch that one. That's on my list. Oh, my God. That is just crazy. It's crazy. It's about the fertility doctor or infertility doctor, however you want to word it, who inseminated, like, just a bajillion women with his own sperm when he was supposed to either be using donor sperm or the father's, the husband's sperm that these women had brought in. And they found this out through a genetic genealogy website, 23andMe. It's, it is wild. And it's disgusting. Some parts just make me physically nauseous just to think about the process of him doing what he did. It's just the violation of it all. It, it's just, it's awful. I mean, just, I, I, I don't know. Watch it and then we'll discuss it. But anyway, that was it. I have some on my list. Oh. That, um. What are you playing? Hack that I'm going to watch is Hacks. Mm-hmm. Season two just came out. That's what I'm very excited to watch this weekend. The first episode is out, so I guess it won't take me that long. And I'm still watching Better Call Saul. Um, what else was the other one? Oh, there's that. It's I don't know. Just as a waste of time, there's that new Rebel Wilson movie oh, yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Of like when she like was a teenager and then went into a coma and then woke up 20 years later. So I don't know. That might be my background as I clean show. We'll yeah. see. I think that would be a good show for that. Anyway, speaking of a show that you should just have on in the background, because giving your undivided attention to it just seems like a giant waste of time. We are here talking about Pieces of Her, Episode 4. Why, you might ask? I don't know. But here we are nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of notes that I just want to start out with. Number one, Mm -hmm. Tony Collette is fantastic. However, this is one of the most unlikable characters in any TV show I've ever watched. I find it very, very hard to root for her. 
Yeah, I want to know, like, why are we rooting for her? Yes. Like, I think they're dragging this out awful long to figure out why we're even rooting for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number two, I'm pretty sure that the role of Andy was just cast to the girl who came in and looked the most doe-eyed and confused all the time. Because that is her look in every single scene. And it drives me nuts. And number three, I laughed a lot during this episode. And this is not a funny episode. I laughed because Same. the dialogue and the delivery of some of these actors is so bad. It's comical. Well, I want to know how much Tony Collette was paid for this. Yeah. So I feel like it was an astronomical amount for her to just even agree to go along with it. Because she's like, oh, God, Netflix is just, like, throwing money at me, so I guess I gotta do this shitty-ass show. Because, I mean, she is fabulous. Mm -hmm. I was just, I saw a meme the other day that, or something the other day about Muriel's wedding, and I was like, fuck, that was Toni Collette. I knew it was Toni Collette, but I forgot she was Muriel. And I love that movie. And she has come so far and has done so much with her career, and I am so sad that she's in this shitty show. Anyways. I may be wrong. Isn't she in In Her Shoes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love her in that. Mm-hmm. I was pretty her sure she's and, the sister um, Cameron of Candace Diaz. Cameron. Cameron. I said Candace yeah. Cameron. Cameron Diaz. Yes. I love her in that. I love you, Tony Collette. You can do no wrong. It is not your fault. It's not your fault. Shh, it's not your fault. She was the mom in Sixth Sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, she sure I mean, was. She's, in, she's been I in I mean, everything. she's had a hell of a career. I know. Because she's so damn She was good. in a terrible movie with Drew Barrymore. She was in a terrible movie with, like, Molly Shannon not that long ago. She doesn't make good choices. <laughs> or her, her her team doesn't. I don't know. But, I don't know. A buck's a buck. And if you're making money, you go home. That's honey, what I'm saying. I, I feel like at a certain point, Hollywood stops casting women. So she's probably a yes, you know, she's a yes girl. She mm-hmm. just says yes to whatever script comes on her table. Because she's like, yep, got to make that. Dollar dollar bill. All right. And she's going to work her ass off. Yeah. Like, she's going to act, act her face off shit it, out. So. Yeah. She's going to act her yeah. face off because that's exactly what she does. <laughs> All right. Start us off. You know, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you want to just talk about other stuff instead? <laughs> For real. I don't know what's happening in this first little bit. Like, I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> it starts off, we're in the middle of the woods and there's a desk chair. And there's two teens, question mark, one shaved head. And then there's the man with the long hair. And I was like, oh, I think this is earring, dude. Mm. And then there's an, uh, an older woman. I mean, she's not old, but she's like, a, I don't know. She's like old as long-haired earring, dude. I don't know. She's not a teenager. And the woman is practicing throwing a bundle of paper on this chair. And the minute she throws it on the chair and gets it on the chair, the guy clicks a detonator and it blows up in a poof of red smoke. The woman is, like, shaking, like, oh, my God. And the guy just looks like, and I was like, okay, they're practicing for something. I don't know what's happening. Quick cut to a protest. The same woman is now dressed all up in, like, she's a academic. So she's dressed up and she goes to this desk and she says her name is Alexandra Maplecroft. She's a professor from Berkeley and her panel starts at 2. And then we see a sign in the background that says economic summit. And we're like, oh, okay, okay, piecing things together. She's at this summit. And I was like, wait, this is anxious lady with purse from whatever episode, whatever it was before. Yes. And then we get this, oh, God save us, this voiceover. This is a, this voiceover of the guy, which is earring guy, saying, 
You are a professor of economics at a prestigious university. Look the part. Play the part. And then as they're doing this woman's passport and bags are checked and she's nervous. And then long hair guy is kind of standing off behind her a little ways and he's kind of watching her and looking nervous too. And she's given her pass and she can go into the summit. And he continues, everyone will believe who you say you are. The dye pack is primed to go. I will be in the audience ready to pass the detonator. And then we show her, she goes to the bathroom and takes off the lid of the toilet and taped inside is a wad of $1 bills. And then underneath it, it uh, like a little spot has been cut now and it's got a, like a, I don't know, a, a bomb thingy mm-hmm. in it. Like and die pack, detonator, but not really, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And then the voice continues, as the image of a fake blood-covered Martin Queller is on the front page of every paper around the world, everyone will know what happened to your family. There needs to be a change of plan. I'll be there, whatever it takes, to bring him down. And I was like, what is happening? What I don't even know what's happening. Okay, so this fake professor lady, because she's not really a professor. She's somebody who stole somebody's identity to come to this stupid forum. Right. She is walking to go into the, like, the auditorium, and she is, oh my god, she's stopped by Martin Queller. And he's like, ah, fancy we meet in person. And she's like, oh, hey, Mr. Queller. He's like, actually, it's Dr. Queller. Johns Hopkins gave me an honorary doctorate last year Mm. after I endowed a chair in psychiatric studies in honor of my late wife. And I was like, one, nobody actually calls themselves a doctor when it's an honorary, (laughs) because calm down. (laughs) And you bought a chair in psychiatric studies in honor of your late wife. And I was like, hmm, because you, Cause drove you made her, her crazy. crazier. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. He says, what you don't know could fill a book or several of them, mostly about me. So apparently she's written, this professor has written lots of books about him. She says, um, listen, let's just let bygones be bygones. And let's just go out there and put on a good show. That's all anybody wants anyways. And she walks one way. And he walks another. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what's happening. So weird. I get ideas. I don't know what's happening. Well, remember the Wikipedia article about Paula Kundi who said that she orchestrated the kidnapping of Alex Maplecroft. So she is definitely in on this plan to get this fake Alex Maplecroft to this economic forum. Well, yeah, because obviously this is Paula Kundi or whatever she her name is. This is who this is dressed up as this person. No, it's and not. And not, yes, it is. Not in the book, it's not. Well, shut up. No, it's it's book, really. Book lover. It's not. It's not, though. Then who's the lady later? Because they're the same lady. I, I'm just saying, I'm not good with faces. So maybe you're right. But I'm saying that, you remember when they were talking about. Oh, shoot. The couple who the husband had gotten the dose of Haldol that was too much and the wife blamed the Queller Corporation. Yeah. Well, in the book, I mean, that's not exactly the story in the book, but in the book, this fake Alex Maplecroft is that lady. Okay. They're two different people. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll see. We'll find out because they've changed so much that I may be completely wrong. I mean, there is so... It's probably Andy. It's probably Andy in disguise. In her stupid stupid wig. Yeah. 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 yeah, There's so many things different here that they could have just rewritten that whole part and just made it Paula Coonie because she is in prison for murder. So maybe they just decided to cut out the middle lady from the book and just make it Paula Coonie. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So... All right, speaking of Andy and stupid wicks, here she is. She's at the prison and she's handing that 
other girl's ID to a guard. I gotta tell you, she did kind of nail it. She looks just like her. Anyway, she says she's there to see Paula Kundi. The guy's like, whatever, and buzzes her through. Another guard. Did you notice? What? what, what she's what? not wearing any freaking lipstick. No lipstick? All what of those choices Andy? of lipstick, and you choose to go nude? Ugh. Yeah. Andy, Andy Anyways, Andy. continue. I'm sorry. So another guard takes her through a bunch of gates and doors, and they're locking and buzzing, blah, blah, blah. Takes her to a room where she can meet with Paula. So they bring Paula in, remove her handcuffs, and shove her in the room. They're like, there you go. So she's alone in the room with Andy. She immediately says, you're not Sheila. And Sheila is the law firm lady who Andy is impersonating, obviously. Uh, Andy says, yeah, that's because I'm not. My name's Ann Jefferson. I'm a reporter. And Paula's like, so you're not here about my appeal? You can fuck right off. And Andy's like, wait, just give me two minutes and I'll buy you whatever you want from the commissary. I was like, Raymond noodles and honey buns for days. But Paula's like, no. I was like, I am rolling and finders keepers money and I'm real pissed yes. at my mom. What do you need, sweetie? And Paula's <laughs> like, okay. She's like, get up in. Look, I would like some Nikes, size 9, 10, I don't remember what it was, 8. 8. Some lotion, some Rolos, and some cigarettes. Andy's like, I got that. Got my finder's keeper's money. Then she slides over one of Laura's fake IDs, and she's like, do you know this woman? Paula throws it back at her, and she's like, nope. And this is, you know, modern-day Laura. So she's like, you sure? Her name is Laura Oliver, and she's a speech-language pathologist in Georgia. And she's like, nope, never seen her before. But Andy keeps pushing, and she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And Paula notices Andy's got the stack of all the fake IDs, but she's also got that random Polaroid that she's obsessed with carrying around with her. And Paula fixates on that picture and picks it up, and she's like, yeah, I know this bitch. Andy says, yeah, that's my mom. And Paula tosses it back to her and says, did she send you to check on me? Is she scared I'm going to get out soon? You tell Jane to go to hell. And Andy is so fucking stupid. She's like, who's Jane? I'm like, oh my God, Andy, use your powers of deduction, you idiot. It's your mom. Paula starts flipping out and says, she's dead. That rich queller bitch, she's fucking dead. I was like, it's not this actress's fault, the one who's playing Andy. But every face that she makes in this character makes me crazy. Like, she has this shocked look on her face. She's like, I don't understand. I thought this meeting was going to be flawless. She's so shocked that a meeting with the woman who her mother asked a hooded assassin in the process of torturing her about did not go well. Wow. Who would have thought? I I was more concerned about the fact that the the minute she started screaming, like, I'm going to kill her, there's instantly a gaggle of guards in there. I was like, you not tell me that there's like 14 guards standing outside that door (laughs) just waiting for this bitch to pop off. And I was like, they saw soft past this shit wig and no lipstick and thought, there's no way she's a real Mm -mm." (laughs) author. She's not going to last five minutes in there with Paula. We got a kid. (laughs) Check that out. So it's a quick little scene with Laura in the bougie holding cell slash safe house. And she wakes up. She tries to open the door in the window of this room, but it's locked. Charlie unlocks the door, walks in, tells her to come upstairs when she's ready. I was like, he could sense she's awake. And I was like, or there's there cameras in there? Because I There's probably camera. I bet you there's camera. <sighs> oh, Andy. She's now in a Barnes and Noble using their Wi-Fi and their computer, question mark? Do they have computers just... I open don't for I, you to use I at don't Barnes know. and Noble. <laughs> I've never seen them, so I think they're crazy. She's googling Jane Queller, but all she can find is Jasper Queller and his bid for election. And of course, in big letters, and they they freeze on it for a long time, so this is important. 
he has a fundraising breakfast in El Paso that's $5,000 a plate that's sold out. And it's like conveniently in the next two days. And I was like, you know, this bitch likes breakfast and she missed out on Charlie's eggs. So she's going to go. So she clicks on a link to Jasper's book, The Path Ahead, A Vision for a New America. Mm. And I mean, this is kind of smart. She searches in the book for Jane Queller and sees a paragraph that says, Jane and my father were very close. She was incredibly intelligent and loyal. Dad's death was too much for her and she vanished. I haven't heard from her since. Mom passed in our childhood and Andrew died suddenly, leaving me the last Queller standing. And I was like, okay, we just got a whole bunch of exposition in that like little paragraph. Mm-hmm. So Andy goes over and grabs one of his books and like starts flipping through. And there's like all these like colored pictures inside. And I was like, this is a random book. Yeah. And she sees her mother as a young girl and then as a teen. And then she flashes back on the Polaroid that she saw and the picture she had in her house growing up. And she's like, oh, that's weird. For some reason, like... Just looking at those pictures is causing her to have a panic attack. So she walks out of the Barnes and Noble going, <laughs> and has to sit on a bench. Creepy Jack, for lack of another name, because I don't know if we ever get his other name, is watching her from his truck across the street. She looks up and clocks him. And so she starts panic walking to her car and drives off. Well, Jack's like, um, I'm going to follow you. I was like, he is terrible at this. He's yeah. not keeping a little profile at all. Nope. She cuts a sharp corner like she's been in this town her whole life. And he gets cut off by a semi. He looks down. He's got. A, he's obviously tracking her location on his phone. He f- turns on this corner and he sees her car parked in an alley with the hazards on. So he pulls his truck in behind her and gets out and <laughs> this made me laugh out loud. Locks his car. Boop, boop. And I was like, <laughs> that's the important thing we need to worry about right now. Who put this in the fucking script? <laughs> And I was like, it's a really dangerous neighborhood, apparently. (laughs) So he walks up to her car really slow, and her door is ajar, and he's supposed to look in her car, which he's stupid. I mean, obviously, he's not very good at this job he's doing. And she's suddenly behind him with a gun pointed at his head. She cocks it and asks, who the fuck are you, and why are you following me? He says he'll answer when she puts the gun down. And she's like, um, no, that's not going to happen. She says, where's your weapon? He says, in my jacket. And he, like, pulls it open, and he says, go ahead, take it. And I was like, bitch, don't you know not to get close? Mm-hmm. Like, she just gets up real close to him and grabs it. And I was like, he could have had his arm around her yep. neck in a second. Yep. I was like, okay. He says, I'm a cop. And she says, bullshit, I'm around cops all day. You are not a cop. And I was like, they don't all look the same. I mean, That's they're different. That's what I said. I was like, do they have cop tattooed on their forehead? You're so stupid. <sighs> he says his badge is in his pocket and he can show her. She says, all right, uh, let's see you pull it out. And I think she was hoping he'd pull something else out. <laughs> So he pulls out his badge, and all I caught on it is that it says he's a U.S. Marshal. I didn't see a name. I didn't. He said his name is Michael Vargas. Oh, yeah, he did. I thought he said something at some time. I call him Jack through the rest of this, so so sorry. (laughs) She says, why would a U.S. Marshal be following me across four states? And he says, because you and your mother are in witness protection. I was like, duh. Why didn't you think of that before, Andy, you big dumb idiot? (laughs) This next part made me laugh really hard, Oh, my God, me too. (laughs) So she waves the gun at him and she's like go in there and she directs him into this diner that they're parked behind or a japanese restaurant i don't know what this is there seem to be like 
Asian food. Anyway. I was like, how did she know this was here? Right. How did she know to, how to get through it? She was on the Google machine. Sense. She probably Google mapped. I guess. She's walking him through the kitchen, and she's got this gun in her hand. No one bats an eye. She's just walking around <laughs> with a gun. They sit down at a table. She's got the gun pointed at him under the table. Everybody's like, this sushi's amazing. She's like, do you want to order a beer? Since I guess they let U.S. Marshals drink on the job. And he says, look, I thought like any rational person would that you would be sleeping instead of banging out shots at the local bar sorry she's finally figured out that he's been tracking her duh then she asks how long i hate this tv slash movie trope where they do this how long how long what how long have you been following you know i hate that just ask the question she wants to know how long she's been in witness protection he says your whole life look real deal there are people who want to hurt you and your mom. I'm just here to help. And she's like, okay, cool. Then can you get me into the fundraiser that Jasper Queller is holding in El Paso tomorrow? And he's like, uh, no. And she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just bust in and see what happens. I'm like, why Why is he letting this happen? Why isn't he taking her into custody like they did with Laura? What is happening? Why? I don't understand this. Why does she think being a U.S. Marshal gives you, a, a like, a key to all the doors? Well, like, you can get, just get it yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you can just get me in there, right? And you, uh, you're you just going to help me do it. And he says he has a friend who works in private security that might be able to help. I cannot explain how stupid this all is. I, I just, I can't. I can't. I can't, Tiffany. I can't. <sighs> I love that she says, I have a friend in private security that might help. And she's like, that's it? A friend of a friend? And I was like, what the fuck do you want? Who do you have, Andy? You don't even have one friend, bitch. Not one. Okay, this little bit. When they walk through that restaurant and they sit down and she takes his silverware away. (laughs) And he says, you realize we just walked through a kitchen full of knives, right? (laughs) I could have killed you at any minute. And then the waiter comes over and she says, not right now. And I was like, okay, bitch, just sit in my section because I'm making so much money off of you just sitting there. Right. Order a coffee or something. At the, Damn. At the very least. God. I hate people. Oh, my God. <laughs> so back at the compound is what I'm calling it. Charlie tells Laura that Andy came to see him and he was surprised. Like, he would, didn't know she knew where he lived. She told him about her uh, Laura's storage unit and her suitcase full of money and how someone broke into the house. And Laura says, oh, it's just a reporter. No big thing. He says, you sure? You sure it wasn't Nick Harp? And this guy walks in and Charlie introduces him as Felix. And I was like, it's Felix. It's Felix. That's a Bob's Burgers reference for everybody that doesn't watch it. Felix is from D.C., and he says they've completed the threat assessment and we're relocating uh, you immediately to Laura. So Laura is instantly incensed. She's like, I am not starting all over again. Charlie says, hey, we're trying to keep you alive. And Laura says, for what? So I can be the star witness at Nick's trial? It won't happen because he's dead. And no one's seen him in years. So they're just assuming he's dead. Mm-hmm. And Charlie says, well, no one's seen him since Clara was killed. And then he pulls out some crime scene photos of a murdered woman and says they found Nick's DNA at the scene and he wants a reminder of what he's capable of. Laura says, I have thought of him every day of my phony life. And I was like, I don't think you have. Not every day. I mean, a couple. And this is when Felix pipes in with the tea and he's like, a life bought and paid for by the U.S. government. She's like, I gave up everything. You let the most wanted fugitive slip through your fingers. Maybe that's why you had the heart attack, Charlie. If Nick were around, I'd already be dead. And Charlie's like, oh, this bitch. He's like, oh, the U.S. Attorney's Office disagrees. 
And she's like, wait, you have new info? Let me see it or I'm not going to help you. And I was like, why? Like, I get where Andy gets it from because Laura's yeah. a snotty teen too. <laughs> I just thought it was funny when she was like, ooh, you got new information? Tell me, tell me. And he was like, I'll think about it. You kind of hurt my feelings with that heart attack comment. Right. <laughs> for real. <laughs> so Laura flashes back to a birthday party for Andy as a teen, I'm giving air quotes as this because it's the same Andy, just with her hair in braids. So, I don't know. She, I don't know how old she's. That made you look younger. 19. I should try that more often. <sighs> Something. And Gordon's there, and she's like, "Oh, I think we did it." She has friends. She's thriving. And Gordon's like, "Oh shit, we made it out alive." Well, then Charlie comes walking in. He's got a gift for Andy for her birthday, and then he asks Laura if they can talk. So they kind of walk away from this party. And he tells her, Clara was killed in Oakland. She was shot twice. And Laura just, like, gasps, like, oh, my God. And Charlie says, I know. I'm sorry. I knew you were close. And he tells her a witness saw Nick near the scene. The big thing is that Clara's wallet's missing. So he obviously has her home address and could obviously find you very, very quickly. We need to move you. Let's go bike yesterday. So Laura looks over at Andy, who's laughing with her friends and having a gay old time. And Gordon is, like, watching all this, like, quietly stewing in the corner he's like he's the dude behind the trees like rubbing his hands i don't know what's happening that's gordon's face in every scene i know and so laura asks what no what about gordon and charlie's like we'll find him work but he can never practice law again she's like you want andy to go to a different school and tell lies i can't fuck up their lives and i was like oh my god andy's life seems pretty stupid already no one's going to miss her um i have no idea who clara is did did you like I don't either like why would having her wallet mean that he would know where Laura was I didn't get it I assume because they were close and they were in touch so she probably had Laura's information which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do in witness protection Laura you suck <laughs> so we're back with Andy and Jack he's driving a cell phone buzzes. fabulous road trip it's uh, her fabulous yeah. road, road trip, trip. A cell phone buzzes and it's his friend who says your ticket will be at the desk. So he's come through. See, Andy, he does have useful friends. So (laughs) who has egg on their face now? Jack asks why she wants to talk to Jasper. And I still do not get why he is going along with this. She doesn't really answer. She just asks him, why did you talk to me at the bar? And he says, well, I wasn't supposed to. I was just supposed to be watching. I did it because you were getting shit face and you're about to run your mouth. And she's like, yeah. And what's the problem with that? And he's like, look, you idiot. Your mother is an important government witness. And she asks, well, why was your truck parked in our neighborhood that night? And he said, I got called in last minute because Charlie Bass couldn't be there in time. And I was like, it seems like he can pop in at a moment's notice, but okay. Mm -hmm. For birthday parties, (laughs) but not for like murders and shit. Yeah, and to paint her in a room. But yeah, somebody is trying to kill Laura. No. He tells her Charlie is the lead on her mom's case. And this is news to Andy, who literally (laughs) cannot one plus one equals two. She's like, For real. (laughs) He sure made nice with their kid, too. Gave me advice about boys, a shoulder to cry on when my parents split up. And he was like, yeah, that was kind of part of it. He has to create trust. And she's like, oh, you mean like what you're doing now? And then my Netflix thing says, Andy scoffs. (laughs) I had a bunch of scoffs in mine. Oh, and like dramatic music plays. There was a lot of that. Music intensifies. That's literally written in my next section. 
Back at the safe house, is what I've been calling it, slash compound, Felix and Charlie are showing her how the NSA heard about a fugitive crossing the Canadian border. They lay out pictures, pictures, picture, pictures, that's how my P- mama used pictures. to say it. Pictures. They lay out pic. gosh, darn it, mm, now I'm not going to be able to do it try right. Try that again. Ready to go. Okay, they lay out pictures of what they call legal and illegal crossings. So the legal crossings are like all the people who, you know, went through the border like you're supposed to and had their picture taken, their ID or whatever. And then the illegal crossings are this really, really horrible surveillance footage, like stills. They ask her if anyone looks familiar. Music intensifies as she recognizes one of the men who illegally crossed. But she says, nope, nope, don't recognize anyone. Charlie immediately knows that she is full of it. She says, hey, you know what? I'm done. Like, not just with this really super fun photo lineup, but like just done, done. I want to leave the program. He says, look, I don't really care about you risking your life. You're kind of annoying. And again, that heart attack thing, way harsh. (laughs) But you'll risk Andy's life if you pull her out. And she says, I'm not worried about it. Remember, Nick is dead. Give me the papers now. Okay, bye. Now. So dumb. This next entire part, I cannot. <laughs> oh, I think it's supposed to be artistic. And it's so dumb. <laughs> so, so Jack, whatever fuck his name is, and Andy check into this hotel, and she's carrying another shopping bag. This bitch can find a place to shop everywhere <laughs> they go. It's that funny money. And that suitcase of finder keeper's money, I think, is getting lighter as they go. <laughs> He says, okay, listen, we are about five hours from El Paso, and let's sleep for a little bit and then get on the road so we can either for the breakfast. And I was like, it's dark outside, and they're five hours away. <laughs> like, couldn't they have found a hotel a little bit closer? <laughs> Whatever. So they get in the room, and he says, I'm going to sleep on the couch. I was like, this shorter shitty hotel room has a couch in it? What kind of hotel is this? And she says, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Get out. And he says, um, no, that's not how this works. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> And he's like, tie me up if it makes you feel better. But neither of us are leaving this room. And by the way, I need my gun back. And so she gives it to him. And then he starts scouting the room out for what? Bugs? Cameras? Or something? He's like feeling the back of the TV. And he's looking around. He's looking out the window. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, sorry, it's a habit. And she says, it's, you're not even like a person. You're like a likeness of a person. Something I draw in my sketchbook. And I was like, well, you're a bitch, so what are we doing here? Because uh. <laughs> that's where you want to call names. Every word out of her mouth is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Mm-hmm. Which actually, balling up a napkin is my nails on a chalkboard. That sound makes me want to die. And her voice makes me want to scream. I love that he comes back with like, oh yeah, you're an artist. How's that <laughs> going for you? And I was like, oh, the birds. <laughs> Get some aloe. And he says, so what were you doing for your mom when you left? And she says, nothing. Wait, what would I be doing? I was like, what? Seriously, what would you be doing? Because I think you needed a better plan before you left. Because obviously you're not someone who can take instructions well. He says, ask your mom. She's like, my mom? Who is that? The lady who gardens and makes casseroles? Or the daughter of a billionaire who's been lying to me my whole life? And I was like, I hate you so much. She says she was in a cancer ward, ready to go to her grave without telling me the truth. So no, I'm not calling my mom. And he's like, okay, whatever. That seems like a lot of drama. I'm going to go to sleep. So he lays on this couch and just pulls his hat down over his eyes. And she gets in bed on top of the disgusting comforter, fully clothed. I was like, honey, do you know how many things are on that comforter? Uh, And then I have in my my notes, what's in the bag, Andy? What the fuck did you buy? We need to know. 
then, then they're like laying there in the dark and he asks if the likeness can get a pillow and she throws and hits him in the face with it. And I was like, oh, okay. I had this all in caps. I must have hit caps lock when I was <laughs> typing. She says, once she's asleep, he gets up and grabs his phone and leaves the room. And I was like, you said none of us are leaving this room, but you uh, lied. <laughs> and he goes all the way out and starts to make a call. And he's saying, yeah, I'm with her. She's asleep. What do you want me to do with her? Cut to Andy in bed. And what looks like Jack has come in. And she rolls over and he she sees his baseball hat. And he just like leans over and starts strangling her. And as he's strangling her, all of a sudden he gets punched from behind because Obviously, it's Jack, and he's not trying to kill her. It's some other guy with a baseball hat. They were two for one at the dollar store. (laughs) Whoa. So they start tussling, and Andy is just sitting on the bed going, (gasps) like, just watching them, like, not helping. And then she just bolts out the door crying into the night. And then, (laughs) God, she's running like little kids run. (laughs) When they're, like, having a tantrum. And her arms are just a-waving. And, of course, as she starts running through the night, a car comes up behind her, like, and the lights come on, and it starts following her. And she's just running, and she runs into the only chain-link fence around. Everything else is wide open. She's in a wide-open parking lot. She's in a hotel full of people. She's like, chain-link will save me. This isn't a freaking cliche at all. So she goes running to the chain-link fence, and then she remembers she has, like me, and she has no upper body strength. So she's, like, pulling herself up, and she gets, like, a foot off the ground, and she's like, oh, my God, it's so much. And she, like, takes her 10 minutes to get to the top, and as she gets to the top, somebody grabs her leg, and she screams, and it's Jackie's like, it's okay, it's me, it's fine. So she climbs down, and she's just sobbing, and she, like, grabs on him, like, oh, my God, that was so dramatic. And then she starts making out with him. I was like... I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> this overdrive. And then, like, then just there's, like, as they're making out, Andy has a voiceover where she says, I keep having this dream. I'm somewhere dark and cold, and it's snowing, and it smells like earth, I guess. I'm small <laughs> and all alone, and there's someone coming for me. And then you see in the flashes that young Andy in that snowy shed. So it's Andy in that shed. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing there. I don't know. Her go-to response is to run away. So at some point, she's and just and just and it's like, <laughs> that's her response to everything. She is Stuart for Mad TV running <laughs> through that parking lot. So Laura is outside of the compound waiting for Charlie to bring the papers, and he walks out with no papers. Charlie, what did I tell you? <laughs> he takes a cigarette from her, and they smoke, and they're talking about his heart attack again. And he's like, "When did you stop trusting me? We don't bullshit each other. Why won't you let me help you and Andy?" You can be whoever you want. We'll move you wherever you want. I've spent more of my life with you than I have my own family, keeping you safe. And Laura says, well, that didn't really work, did it? (laughs) Fucked up my marriage. My daughter is useless. And I'm disappearing. My mother lived in a really beautiful place and all she wanted was out. Just let me go. He says, well, the paperwork won't be there for a while. So if you need anything, ask Felix. Charlie, out. Because... (laughs) <laughs> it's like he dropped the mic and yeah. walked out. <laughs> 
quick flashback to young Jane, and this is her brother, Andrew. They don't specifically say that, but that's who this is. They are laying on a bed smoking together, and he's telling her that she should move in with him and his new roommate. His name is Nick Harp. He's dot, 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 different. Cut to Laura watching this Nick guy at a bar. He's running his mouth while the voiceover of Andrew says, unlike the rest of Stanford, he's not busy spending a trust fund or joining the young Republicans. She says, well, I want to meet him. And Andrew says, well, dad's going to hate him, but you'll love him. And we see a scene of the whole family and Nick is there and they're all eating dinner together. It's also clear that young Jasper hates this guy because he is glaring at him in this flashback. Young Jasper, I think, hates everybody. I think it's because he has a really horrible haircut. Yes. And then they make this very pointed is that when she's talking to her brother and they're saying that they should run away and escape, she says, where will we put the piano and how will we eat? Yeah. Uh, Because piano comes back later. Yep. So we're now at this breakfast fundraiser. And Jasper's at the podium and he's saying that his father was challenging. He didn't set a lot of things that Jasper disagreed with. And uh, Jasper was a rebel and told him so. But the truth is, I miss my father and I'd do anything to bring him back. What I would change is, you know, the corporate greed he exposed. I wish I had been struck down in Oslo instead of him. I need to change what our family stood for. I created the Queller Foundation to give vital medications to people that couldn't afford them. And after over the last three decades, we've saved thousands of lives. And he's like, he ends with like, when the Democrats take the White House's fall, we will take care of all Americans because it's the right thing to do. And okay, we're at this $5,000 a plate fundraiser. Everybody's fancy suits and everything sitting at these tables. Andy and Jack are just standing right in the middle of the aisle in street clothes, like awkwardly, hands on hips, like... <laughs> No one will notice we're here. And I was like, <laughs> we well, are very on. inconspicuous. <laughs> well, these pe- other people who spent, you know, 5K for a seat are like, uh, okay. So after the little speech thing, Jasper is doing photo ops. When he gets done, Andy stops him and asks him for an autograph. And he says, okay, who do I make it out to? And she's like, Jane Queller. <laughs> and he gasps and says, oh my God. You look like her. And I was like, bullshit, she does. Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) You don't even look like her when she was young. No. And it's the first child. They always look like their dad. That's the way it goes. Sorry. (laughs) And she says, can we talk? And he whispers to his assistant. And he says, take them to this room. And I got to, you know, take a phone call. So the assistant leads them to the room. And then Andy walks in. And the security guard that's standing there puts his arm down and will not let Jack in. And the assistant says, he said he wants to meet just with her. And Jack's like, well, that's that's not going to happen. Sorry. And Andy's like, it's fine. It's totally fine. And then she gives him the doe eyes. And he says, okay, fine. And I was like, he can trump security with his martial creds, right? Like, he's got to be better. Like, I don't know. So Andy is waiting in this room by herself. And she's looking through her book. And, like, she's looking at a book of, like, Laura and her brothers when they're younger. And I don't know if there's something in there that I didn't see. But she looks at it. And then Jasper walks in. And they stand awkwardly. And because he, like everyone else, has no idea why she's here. Like, (laughs) what is this? Do you want money? What do you want? And then he just says, what did she name you? And she goes, Andrea? Andy for short. And he goes, oh, of course, for our brother Andrew. (sighs) How is she? And she's like, she's Okay. And he says, I can't imagine what you two have been through. And I was like, why? Like, she said she disappeared, but you don't know what she's been through. She left on her own, according according to what he's saying. Yeah, he says he he has had no contact with her since. So he says, can I give you a hug? 
So he gives her this big hug and he starts whispering really creepily, Andrea, after all these years. And Andy just starts sobbing because, I don't know, Andy needs a she daddy needs a for hug, some reason. Yeah, or an daddy. I mean, she's got a Gordon and she's got a Charlie, but they're not good enough. And Jack is standing outside and he's getting sick of waiting and he's pacing and looking around the event center when he sees this guy like hurrying up the stairs and he realizes it's the dude he beat up in the hotel. And I was like, it was dark. You didn't get a good look at him. Stop lying. <laughs> So, Jack follows him, and they both, like, shove this poor dude that's working at this, like, hotel event center with a rack of clothes. They both shove him. I don't know why. Um, And then, bald killer dude is, like, booking it through a kitchen and down a back hall, and Jack is right on his heels, and he runs out, and he goes out this door, out of the event center, and the guy's not there. So, he runs back inside and back to the room where Andy was, but, shock, it's empty. All that's left is Andy's phone on the couch. Oh, uh, that's not good. If you find my phone and you don't find me, there is a problem. Well, it was just a shitty flip phone, and he said he was. That's a lifeline that to Laura calling her and telling her that she can come back home. Well, it's just a shitty flip phone, and he said he was tracking it. How? Uh, Nobody yeah. even knew it existed. You're fucking lying. I don't know. We. Cut to young Laura having Polaroids taken of her, and Charlie is taking them. And he's telling her, like, how to stand to get the best shot, you know, like, lean She's not a model. She way. has injuries. Like, bring your hair over <laughs> your shoulder like that. That's great. That's great. And now we're with present-day Laura, and she's signing the paperwork to leave witness protection. Charlie says this is a mistake, but she signs it anyway. He pushes her real passport and ID across the table to her, the ones she had when she was young Jane. Flashback to young Jane, and she's sliding her ID and passports across to Charlie as he tells her the details of being a witness protection. One of them is, no more playing piano. Cut off everyone you ever knew, even your family. And she's like, that's easy. She says, my family has never kept me safe. As we see present day Andy getting into a black SUV with Jasper. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. So, like, I don't know. Who beat her up? Was it Nick? Was it her brother? Is Nick working for her brother? Did Nick and Jasper conspire to kill Queller and, like, he's killed his whole family? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So weird. Okay, well, that is the end of episode four. And I had such a good question. Oh, yeah. What is your nails on a chalkboard? Like I said, mine is the, when somebody takes a napkin and they just keep like crumpling it up when they're wiping their hands. Oh my, oh my God. Even talking about it now just gives me shivers. We can never hang out in person because every time I eat, I have to have a hundred napkins. Like that's that's my thing. That's my husband. I mean, I work through it with him. We'll be fine. But, oh, my God, that sound. What's your sound? Do you have a sound? I don't know. I don't like, oh, my youngest grinds his teeth while he's <gasps> sleeping. Oh, and, my God. And I just good. hear, it, it's not even that it's the sound. It sounds like his teeth are going to crack in half. Just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, I wake up in the middle of the night and pinch his cheeks because it drives me insane. <laughs> it's not like he sleeps. I mean, he gets in bed with me when he gets scared. So when he gets in bed with me, I'm always like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that and, um. <laughs> I don't like squeaky styrofoam, like the big styrofoam pieces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds gross, too. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your squeaky styrofoam, your teeth grinding, napkin squishing, nails on a chalkboard sound. And you can tell us that in so many places. There are just so many. Pick one and do it. Pick all of them. I don't care. Pick all of them.
Or all of them. Yeah. Give us the options, Tiffany. Yeah, you can go to our website at thatsoriginalpodcast.com. It's real easy. It's very, I mean, it's just, it's just It could there. not it's be so easier. Easy. just could not. Yeah. Or you can send us an email at thatsooriginalpodcast at gmail.com. Also very easy. Mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram at thatsooriginalpodcast. You guys, we're making it like, we're feeding it to you. Mm-hmm. The only Spoon. one that's a little different is That So Pod on Twitter. It's not bad. It's great. You'll figure it out. It's I, close. I have faith. It's close. You can like us and review us on iTunes. You can follow us, Pledge Your Devotion on Spotify and Stitcher. I don't know. I don't use those. So whatever you do over there. Is that everything? That's everything. Oh, my other nails on Chalkwork Sound is I can't stand the sound of somebody spitting. I like that hawking noise. Oh, gross. Spit is the one thing that will make me throw up every time. And I currently have a client that's a spitter and it's just no fun. My life is no fun right now. Not at all. Gross, so anyways. Gross. Yeah. So, you know, pick one, pick them all. Let us know. And we will be back next week with more of this bullshit. Peace of her. Episode five. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.